Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Episode 40, in fact. Jeff Shanahan along with David Van Boglen and Ryan Dempsey. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic, my brother. A little allergy season for us in uh, Michigan, you know? Yeah. A little uh, uh, NyQuil and a lot of hauls, but we're going to get through this on a bitch because it's... Uh, it's an iconic, and it's... Oh, uh, I hate this time of year so much. <laughs> yeah, it's an iconic episode for us. It is. We are we are 40. We are 40 episodes deep. Uh, one week, actually, away from our one-year anniversary date. Uh, we don't know yet whether or not we're going to be having a show. We're, we're figuring that out since the fight card got canceled. But for those of you that have been along on the journey from the start, thank you very much. Yes. Uh, all two of you that are still around. And those of you who joined the show after I made it better, thank you for continuing to listen. Yeah, yeah. Ever since our Canadian connection, the uh, the three <laughs> the three people you brought along to the show. Thank you, John. There's a there's a guy out there that you know we've thanked before that isn't part of the show anymore technically, but he was around for episode one through about six or seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we give a shout out to Everett. Absolutely, we always you know. always try to give a little shout out for Everett. Ever did a great job for you know while he was here what he did um, being a pain in the ass. It was such a pain in the ass. <laughs> we love him, <laughs> love you dearly, Everett, but you're a pain in the ass. <laughs> but you know it's our year anniversary. He was there at the start. Let's give him a little. We love. just we just went from one pain in the ass that just talked out of nowhere to another pain in the ass that at least has facts to back this shit up. We got a token Canadian. Right? Well, we got a goddamn token Canadian pain in the there ass. There we go. Yeah, everyone has to have one, right? Ah, uh, <laughs> we we do love our token Canadian. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, We had a fight card this weekend UFC 204 was live from Manchester, England And still Your middleweight champion Michael Bisbing Defeated Dan Henderson By unanimous decision A little bit of controversy In this one uh, <clears throat> Judges had it 48-47 Respectively for Andreas Gruner And Jeff Mullen and Andy Roberts Found it forty nine forty six in favor of Bisbing. I I had this fight in Bisbing's favor myself. Um, at three to two best, you can have arguments for four to one. Uh, you can have arguments that Dan won three rounds yeah. to two as well. Um, in my opinion, it all depends on how you want to score round two. Whether you give it to Hendo for the knockdown. Yeah. Or you give it to Bisbing because he was in control and dominant. I can see not giving it to Hendo for the knockdown simply for the fact that Hendo did no damage with it. He hit him, knocked him down, Bisbing came down, Hendo went to swing and never made contact with him, and then Bisbing got up unaffected. Yeah. And really, even the way that Bisbing finished round one, he finished round one strong, even after being knocked out and, and on you know front street. He was out. Yeah, but came up and finished strong in the round. So, I personally had it in Michael Bisbing's favor. Uh, you know, just for argument's sake, I'll give it three rounds to two. I can give one and two to Dan and three, four, five to to Mike. Uh, Ryan, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you start off here. What's what's your thoughts on the fight? Yeah, uh, like you, that second round was really big. If you would stay as a swing round. Because that one really kind of set the pace for the rest of the fight. I had a forty-eight, forty-six uh, Bisping. Okay. I had uh, I had Anderson with the, with a ten-eight in the first round, and then 
Yeah, I, like you said, round two, it's a toss-up, 10-9, one way or the other. And then I had been taking three, four, and five. Um, for me, like, the, the whole controversy of Hendo getting robbed, I don't, I don't see it necessarily because no. I don't think that Henderson did enough as the fight went on to, to win those later rounds. He started off great. He, then he started to get looking a little sluggish. And, I mean, like you said, um, Bisbee getting almost knocked out cold, and he's able to finish the round almost like better than the guy that knocked him out. Yeah. Really, I mean, that that's that's telling. And, and then the second round, Bisbee came out. He he improved. Like, his striking accuracy went up. His shots landed went up. Uh, whereas Henderson's uh, strikes landed went down. His accuracy went down. And like you said, he knocked him down, but he didn't do anything with it. If you want to give it to Henderson, I see then it's it's 47-47, the way that I would score it. So it's a draw. And so Henderson still doesn't end up with the belt. Right. Um, I just, yeah, I I think regardless, if you want to think how you want to look at the second round, Bisping is still the champion regardless. Yeah, the second second round is definitely, it's a hard one to call. And... In my eyes, I, I, I can see and, and could argue that Bisping won clearly 4-1. But then at the same time, I'm taking the argument that I used that one Connor round one and two, in my opinion, with the knockdowns and completely spitting in the face of that. <coughs> Excuse me. The difference that I, I really see is that with Connor's knockdowns, he still did damage on the ground somewhat. You know, he landed strikes right. where I think, I mean, the first round, definitely Dan almost finished him but that second yeah. knockdown he didn't do anything with it he, he the, the shot he tried to land on top he completely grazed and missed right, it yeah and then Bisping tied him up and eventually got loose it, it's so it, it's it's kind of a moot point but uh Dave your thoughts on the fight um the the first round the 10-8 argument um yes I see validity to it absolutely as a matter of fact the guys that I was watching with they both said um 10-8 Henderson no problem I didn't. I, I, I felt like Bisping did enough to get at least a nine out of it. Yep. Um, aside from the, the, I mean, he did almost finish him, but I felt like he still did enough to stay into the fight and recovered from some devastating shots. I still, I still gave it to Henderson, but uh, I felt like Bisping earned the nine in there. In the second round, all the other guys gave it to Bisping. I did not. I gave it to Henderson. I okay. thought that Henderson did um, squeak by. I mean, this wasn't a a. a Dominating ten nine. This is a squeaking bind, right. just eking out that yep. ten. So you'd have it. You'd have twenty eighteen going into three, yeah, three four, yeah. and five. Okay, but three, four, and five by by far, no problem. Henderson was gassed. Uh, Henderson didn't have enough on it. There was not enough starch left. Um, and Bisping took the three, four, and five, no problem. Ten nine, easy. It wasn't a, a question of a ten eight in those three, four, and no. five at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, so I scored it like the two judges primarily scored it 48-47. That's why I called it at the end, and that's how it ended up being for the majority of the judges. Um, and I think this would be enough to retain his belt I agree. in this fight. I agree. I, I didn't I didn't actually get to watch the fights live because uh, I was in a, at, a concert, at a concert. So um, I saw all the controversy and people bitching and moaning, obviously, before I even saw the fight. So... I kind of went in with a thought process of, okay, enough people are bitching. Maybe there's some validity to it. I didn't walk out right. feeling the same way. 
Um, I felt I felt like Michael deserved to walk out the champion that night, and and still. And now um, the winningest fighter in UFC history. Yeah, absolutely. With yeah, how about that, eh? Mm-hmm. It's insane. He was tied going in with GSP at 19, and with Bisping good to win now, he's the first person to have 20 wins in the UFC. Good on you, Michael. Good on you. He's earned it. Definitely has. He's earned it. Definitely has. Um, either one of you have any any final things you want to talk about this fight before we move on to our co-main event? Uh, the only thing I would want to say, um, the one thing that people really need to stop shouting at the top of their lungs from the tops of the buildings is look at the damage to this guy's face. He has to lose. He can't look like that and be the winner. Like, yeah. um, they, the way that Henderson called it out, you know, I, I wish they would judge it based on how you look after the fight. Yeah. They need to get rid of that nonsense. <clears throat> like, it's it's such a pointless thing. Like, Henderson hit can land one good punch on Bisbing, and Bisbing's eyes going to swell up. Yeah, guys have... If, if, that's all he, if that's all he does, how can you just... Like, enough of that. This whole look at his face, he has to lose, get it, get it out. Guys have scar tissue. Yeah. And things like that. I mean, you look at the Diaz boys; they bleed immediately. Yeah. You know, Nick immediately. Diaz. Nick Diaz has already had surgery to remove scar tissue yeah. because it was so bad. Yeah. Fighters and have that. You know, that's that's part of the deal. That's why. That's why the way they look isn't part of the judges' criteria. Exactly. Of who wins? Right. You know. And you're right. For people to keep using that argument of look how he looks it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. One shot can make a dude look terrible. That doesn't mean that you know one shot wins the fight. You know, unless it's yeah. a knockout, obviously. Exactly. Moving on to our co-main event. <laughs> it, it took a little longer than I expected, but Gegard Mousasi completely starched Vitor Dadbod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was a, a savage beating of, of yeah. proportions. <laughs> Uh, Vitor has no business in the cage ever again, and I don't ever want to see it. You want to fight, go to Bellator, go to Ryzen, I guess, where I don't have to pay attention to you, but I'm done with you. You you need to hang it up, man. Yeah, 100%. You have looked god-awful every fight since you beat Dan Henderson, and even some fights before that, you know, you, you just don't have any business in the no cage. Juice, no juice, no Vitor. No, no, no TRT door, no fights for Jesus. Dave? <laughs> I got to watch this fight with a couple of ah. Vitor freaks, right? Ah. Guys that have lived and died by the how ugly, well Vitor the twins. Done, you know, and it's all in the last few fights we've got through the same thing. All I do is I sit back and I put my arms across it to wait for Vitor to lose. Oh, I missed my opportunity too. There's your boy. I missed you my know. opportunity. I was so pissed. Gaynard Misasi is an elite competitor that is being groomed for the next title shot. Eventually, no, eventually. You know, it's, it's not going to happen the next way, obviously. But no. he is being groomed to be a, a top contender in that division. And he's got all the skills to do it. Absolutely. You know, this, this challenge with Vitor in 2016 was not necessarily a challenge. If it was Vitor five years ago, yes. But now it was just a matter of Gegard beating the number five competitor and getting that rank and that number uh, victory to move him up. Right. Um, Gegard dominated this yep. fight. Vitor was no business being in there, just as you alluded to. And um, there was there was rumor, I believe Ryan posted this on our page, there was rumor that we would see the retirement 
of Belfort after this fight. And, yeah. I, and I honestly thought we were going to. I thought we were going to see him in the cage say, all right, guys, that's enough for me. Um, we're done. But we didn't see that. And, you know, I fully expect um, if, if Vitor has one more fight, that'll be it. I hope. If he, he has one more. I hope um, he doesn't for our sake. Yeah. But for his sake. Yeah, who do you give him at this point that's worth it, really? Nobody. I can't think of anybody. Nobody. Maybe really Silva. Nobody. Just, be, just because. Who would you say? I'm sorry, you broke up. And Anderson Silva, maybe just because. Why? They're both old. They're both falling apart. I think old Anderson Silva. I don't Silva, want to fight night in Brazil. I think old Anderson Silva still kicks Vitor's face off, yeah. man. I just don't. So, yeah. I think Anderson Silva still has some competitiveness left in him in this division that Vitor absolutely does not, so. No, yeah, Vitor looks like a skeleton of his former self. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryan, what uh, what are your thoughts about the fight? Um, I actually, you know, I made a little mistake last week on the show. I said um, gay guard in just under three minutes. I meant to say just under three minutes of the second round. Okay. So I, I, was, te- I was technically right. In my own mind. As always. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, like, to basically reiterate what uh, you guys are saying, there's no need to put Vitor in there. It's nice when you have like those like those guys, like Henderson even, uh, and Belfort, and these guys that have been around for years and years and years, and they were the top dogs for the lo- for lo- uh, longest time. But now, you know, they're the the old dog on one leg, and there's a lot of the, you know up and coming guys that are just going to walk right through them. It's not going to get easier for them. Um, like you said, uh, Jeff, him going to Bellator Horizon would not be the worst idea because you know go get some money, fight the you know go fight Pride fighters in Japan, uh, or you know fight. Uh, uh, Greg Hardy and Bellator, you know, just get your money and just call it a career. But go to, I don't see any need for him to stay in the UFC at this point. He can go to Ryzen and he can juice. Yeah, exactly. We can get we can get Cheetor back. Yeah, we can get TRT Tor and Cheetor back. Because he, like, I mean, it, it sounds terrible to say it when he's like, you know blinding Michael Bisbing and kicking Dan Harrison's head off, but. When he was on the TRT, he was one of the most exciting fighters that the UFC had. Yeah, he had a resurgence. Definitely. I mean, he went on a tear. That's how he got the title shot at Wide yeah. was because he went on that, that rip through uh, Bisping and Hendo and Rockhold. And... But, you know, you take away the juice and... I don't know how he didn't get popped in that Weidman fight because um, they, they showed some statistics afterwards where... Uh, Vitor was tested uh, one day, and his uh, testosterone level was like 410 or something. He was tested two weeks later, and it was like 1100. Yeah, oh yeah, it was still <laughs> under the you know under the allotted limit. But yeah, they let 700 points in two weeks. That's they let their impossible. they let their nanograms some of that overrun horse meat. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so. And final thoughts of that, we are all in agreement that we don't need to see Vitor Belfort in the UFC anymore, and Musasi's no. at least a fight away before we really can talk about title contention with just how murky everything is at the top, especially with the champ holding on to the belt. Um, 
and the four guys in that little tournament, so, you know, Wyatt yeah. and Jacare and Yoel and yep. those guys that are Rockhold that are it's a making it real murky right now. So it's not that, you know, it's not that Musasi's next in line, but he's definitely being groomed for he, it. I mean, he, he's got to jump up quite a bit now. Yeah, yeah uh, he's in a few fights away. Definitely. You know, definitely. And he has to win oh, those. The only thing that might be in his favor would be being fresh. True. Because like, yeah. going, because who knows what? Like, if if uh, two or three of those guys in uh, in those next next couple of weeks, if in those fights they take a, a bad injury or something, or you know, yeah. all right. of a sudden, you know, you can you can argue bumping him up just because. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, Bisbing's out. I think they said six months or eight months now. Yeah. So I mean. Whatever happens, there is still gonna be uh, it's gonna be probably April, May before we're gonna see the next the next title fight for the middleweight division. Which, which in all in all honesty, is perfectly fine because with me, you got too much to try to shake up and shake out out of that division to try to before you're even gonna put anybody with the champ. You got yeah, you very got true. Four guys that got to fight, and the two winners out of that to figure out who's gonna get the title shot. So. It's uh, uh, and like Ryan said, uh, their health depending afterwards yeah, on that. Absolutely too. Uh, a guy breaks a leg and well, he's out for nine months. I mean, out of those four guys, one comes from a gym that's nefarious for injuries. The other right. has Weidman has had injury problems and has had to pull out of several fights. Uh, Jacare hasn't had to pull out of fights, but is just coming off a knee surgery. Romero is the only one that hasn't had any issues other than getting popped, right? Which is a right. huge issue, but, but still have health issues. issues. Yeah. No. So it's going to be fun to watch how this shakes out. Uh, moving on to our last fight, we're going to cover on this card uh, and picking up the performance of the night. I'm a man; I can admit when I'm wrong. And Jimmy Manoa, I was so wrong. Holy shit! Yeah, uh, I think we were all wrong with that <laughs> we one. We all missed the bus on that one. Wow, we all got on that OSP bus, and he drove it right off a goddamn cliff. Jimmy yeah. Manoa absolutely destroyed Ovin St. Prue. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! Where was this Jimmy Manoa when he fought Gus? Where Where was yeah. the where was this Jimmy Manoa? And didn't he get beat by Glover too? I think Glover beat Jimmy too. Yeah, that sounds right. I I have never seen this. Okay, Anthony Johnson. He's got losses to Johnson. Just Johnson and Gustafsson. So, okay, so yeah, just Johnson and Gustafsson. But Johnson TKO'd him in the second. Or no, yeah, second. Yeah. So did Gus. Yep. Man, he, he shocked me. I had, I had. There was no way I thought that that Jimmy Manuel was going to win this thing in the fashion that he did, and he pieced up Ovin St. Preux. Brutal. Oh, he, he looked so crisp in yeah. that fight. His boxing was incredible. I don't know if it's just fighting in England. I don't, I don't know. But if we can keep this this Jimmy Manuel going forward, I'm cool with that. Yeah, but well, he's top five now. There was definitely a lot of outcry saying, you know, John Jones versus Manawa when he comes back. If he comes back early, I'd be cool with that too. I could, I, I would, I would be all right with jo- Jones having to fight Jimmy Manawa. Yeah, that could be a really fun fight, and it would be interesting to see like how Manawa now has improved going up against, like, another, like going up back into like the top tier 
like you said, you know, losing to uh, uh, to Johnson and Gus, and now coming back and beating a guy that just fought for the uh, for the interim title yeah. earlier this year, and making it look like he had no like he, he made it look like he had no business being in the octagon with him. Right. Yeah. I mean, he like yeah. Like, I don't. I can't think of a, a better Jimmy Manuel performance, and maybe you know, it could be. The the home the hometown as I said that home country the, maybe the home the home country you know that little hype maybe there was something playing into OSP's head also but whatever it was it really helped Jimmy Manoa. I don't you're you're right I mean it could be it could have been Owens I don't know if he's ever fought outside of the states in the UFC. Let's look real quick. You know, if you've never taken that trip overseas, the time differences, all all those things. Uh... Yeah, because when when you're going when you're used to fighting at you know ten o'clock at night, and all of a sudden you're fighting at like was it like four in the morning? If you're if you don't have your body adjusted to that, I believe it was five a.m. when they took when hit. Or well, yeah, hit when him when they fought it was. This was his only fight out of the U.S. Was against Shogun. Okay. So he's been to Brazil. That's the only other fight, and that was two years ago. And that's that the only the, that was the Shogun. Where was that the fight where Shogun was like, like slipped and fell? It was TKO'd. Yeah, yeah. OSP. He beat he beat yeah. Shogun in yeah. round one. Otherwise, it looks like all of his all of his fights have taken place in the states. Yeah, yeah just the one that we can that we can find it, uh, out of the U.S. and you know. Uh, Brazil is one thing because there's similar time zones yeah, that we're he, sitting in, you know, right. hours would maybe different. Whereas going over and fighting at five, five six morning, hours ahead, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's way way different animal, right? Yeah, you know, you're you're you have to you have to be professional enough though to get yourself on that that sleep schedule at least two weeks before. Absolutely, you I know? mean, you yeah, probably yeah. they've probably been doing a lot of late night training and making sure that they're. <clears throat> hitting those peak times around when he was supposed to fight, but you're still it's still, still coming in, getting the jet lag, difference yeah. in food. I mean, British food similar to American in some aspects, but there's a lot of differences, yeah. a lot of crazy differences right. and shit. And they don't even cook their bacon, man. They do. You see, you see that, that, that English bacon? I've like, had English bacon. That's it's barely cooked. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, that's. Chewy, chewy bacon. Chewy bacon is so good. Look, <laughs> crispy guy. See, Ryan and I agree on one thing. It's not often. It's not often Ryan and I agree on shit, but <laughs> I like my bacon crispy. I like my bacon chewy. It's delicious, but I don't need beans with my eggs. Stay, keep that fucking shit away from me. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, Man, we're really back weird. to disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a lot for being over there is used to that shit. Yeah, you know, that's, that's that's it. That's I it. mean, he's he, so. Great win for Jimmy Manawat. Um, either one of you two have any any thoughts, Ryan? You kind of already talked. Yeah. But you got anything else you want to say before we move to Dave? Uh, no. I think uh, I think the fight pretty much spoke for itself there. <laughs> yeah, Dave. The bottom line is it did speak for itself. Manawat came in and he looked like a killer. He did. He he knocked out a dude in the second round that hung for five with John Jones. Yep. And you know what? Maybe OSP. No, he didn't win that fight. Maybe John Jones wasn't one hundred percent John Jones, but he still hung with John Jones for five freaking rounds. Absolutely, with a broken arm. Yeah, if, if with a broken can, arm. Yeah. Yeah. If you can do that, I mean, give me a break. That's that's a 
huge accomplishment. So going in, that kind of transferred over for me. I looked at that and I said, you know, if he can hang five with bones, man, he can he can beat up Jenny Manoa. Manoa wouldn't have none of it, and he will crisp every shot that he threw, save one was a significant strike. And that knockout was disgusting. He folded him up. Yeah. His leg was crooked. They called it stanky leg knockout. Yeah. I mean, he was he beat his ass. Yep. You know that was a huge win and a, a great showing uh, for the abilities of Jimmy Manoa. Absolutely, Manoa was a game game opponent, and he came in ready to fight, and he got everything he deserved, including the performance of the night bonus. Excited and fun to see what they do with Jimmy Manoa here. Uh, if for some reason Bones doesn't come back, you can't do that fight. I would watch him and Gus fight again. Yeah, that'd be fun. Give him another yeah. shot at Gus. I mean, that was his first loss in the UFC. It's been a couple of yeah. years. Like, see what, see what, how far he's improved. If Manoa comes into a Gus fight looking like he did come into this fight, exactly. different outcome, very possible. Very much so. I agree. Um, so that'll wrap up our UFC 204 discussion. Uh, some other notable fights, but uh, I mean, Stefan Struve gets the win over Daniel Milinlevic in round two with a submission. Uh, Iriel Kintara had a really beautiful, beautiful sub against Brad Pickett, who was pissed off because somebody took his hat. <laughs> <laughs> they stole his hat on the way down. Yeah, Brad Pickett made, landed one shot this entire fight. You know, uh, Alcantara's dominated him completely from, from front to back. Completely. You know, yeah. People like, sleep on Eric Alcantara, man. Don't sleep on Eric Alcantara. He will put you to sleep. There you, you go. Overall, UFC 204, not a bad card. Not the greatest. It's been in the shadows of between UFC 202 and UFC 205 for a long time. Uh... Hats off to, to Henderson on a great career. We didn't really touch on that, and I, I, we'd be hard-pressed if we didn't. Dan is a fucking legend and should automatically be a Hall of Famer. First ballot. First ballot. Yeah, the uh, minute his retirement papers go through. Uh, the man has done everything and much respect, especially, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it for being a three-trick pony, basically. For being known for having right, shit right. of fucking granite, yeah. great wrestling, and goddamn a right hand. There's a call the H bomb for a reason. That's yeah. but that's it. He's a three trick pony, yeah. and he has fought this long and been a, a champion in multiple he, he, multiple organizations. More or less, he lived off that right hand. Yeah. and it was like you know they compare it. They say you know with being a three trick pony, it's like well, there's cats. You know, you take a cast, let's cross over like Nolan Ryan in baseball. He had a fastball, that's all he had. Right, yeah. He's considered one of the greatest strikeout guys yeah. of all time, you know, maybe ever. And he lived off one thing, right. one fastball. And, that, and you know? no disrespect intended when I called Dan a three-trick. No, that's it's a, it's just, a compliment. He comes from that old school where, you know, where he, was, he, he came in in the time with guys like Randy, who Randy evolved, but Mark Coleman... And just yeah. great wrestlers, yeah. great wrestlers, and he figured out, holy shit, I can right. kill people with his right hand. And he did. And he did. Yeah. So thank you very much uh, from all of us here at the Average Joe's MMA Show to Dan Henderson for a great career. First ballot Hall of Famer. Without a you question. Know, if I ever had a and vote, he would get mine. Mine as well. Right? Yeah, and if you, you, you take a look at his career, to go and look at his losses, just as not in the wins, just look at his losses, and take a look at the, like, you realize the murderer's row that he faced every time he stepped into the into competition. He beat he Fedor. Never really, he yeah. never really had 
that kind of a fight against like the tin can that we see occasionally here now. He yeah. was going up constantly, even once once he jumped over from Pride, it was just like there was no more contender after no more contender after no more contender over and over and over again. Yeah, that's a very good point. Absolutely. All right, so we got a couple of news stories. Uh, first off, uh, breaking yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, she is. Back, Ronda Rousey will be making her return at UFC 207 the on December 30th against Amanda Nunes, and promptly getting her ass beat, and probably going back into retirement shortly after UFC 207. But it was uh, <clears throat> although our man Diz broke the story weeks to a month ago, uh, Dana finally. Oh yeah, and the, the 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 funny thing is, is that not only is Ronda coming back after over a year layoff, but she's going to open at a two to one favorite over the champion. Two to one favorite. Wish I had money, like you said, to right? Down yeah, to do this because I'd I'd clean up that night. I I, was, I said before we started recording, if I had the extra money to throw down right now, I had a man news, I would and clean up, clean up. Yeah, that's that's one of those Vegas lines where it's just like that big name coming up. Everyone knows Ronda. Like everybody knows Ronda Rousey. Not everyone, unless you're a fan of sport, knows uh, Amanda Nunes. No, this is definitely this is definitely the name fight that Amanda needed because even beating beating Misha and winning the title didn't get her the notoriety and the name factor that it's going to get right. beating Ronda Rousey. Uh, so it was yesterday on The Herd that Dana White broke the announcement that Rousey will be challenging for Noon's 135-pound championship as the headliner for the UFC's card on December 30th, um, taking place from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, no other bouts have been announced. Rousey hasn't competed since getting her ass kicked by Holly Holm over a year ago uh, in Melbourne in November. And we know Nunes is coming off of the victory and dismantling of Misha Tate at UFC 200. She's also got notable victories over Valentina Shevchenko and Sarah McMahon. Big, good victories. Great victory. I mean, especially Valentina. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a huge victory. But this is, there's something I wanted to point out about this that Dana went on record, I believe it was in the same interview, that said Ronda Rousey's the biggest yep. star they ever had. Bullshit. Bullshit. Conor McGregor's the biggest star, at least right now and probably ever, that they've had. I mean, uh, I, I went back and looked at Ronda's headlining pay-per-views and what she sold. She did great. She yes. has. You know, 700,000, 800,000 buys. Conor did 1.65 million. Conor did 1.2 million. Conor right. did 1.6 million. Conor's the biggest star they had. Absolutely. Bar none. Sorry, Rhonda. No. You did a great job of, of selling a lot of things. You did a great job for the women's division. Yep. That's where she is the biggest. She's, she's the biggest. She's the biggest women's fighter. Yep. She's the biggest star in the women's she's not division the ever. Star. Ever. She's the biggest star in women's MMA. Conor's the biggest star. But absolutely, this Conor is the biggest star in the sport. Uh, GSP sold more than her. I mean, there's. Brock sold one. There's a lot of cats that sold a lot more than her. She may have a lot of crossover appeal, more so than those other guys. Yep. But the bottom line is, what did they sell for the UFC to make money? Ronda's not the biggest star no. that they had. No, no. You know? um, also, notable point, uh, in the same interview, Dana also mentioned that uh, if Ronda wins the title, her next fight will be 
Against Cyborg. Ouch. You really want to kill your Golden Goose in the yeah. last division like that? I, I kind of think it's just kind of one of those things that he threw out to keep Cyborg happy because he knows she's yeah. not going to be the killer. We know it doesn't always pan out to the fact that they get those fights just because he announces them. Right, like, like, right. You know, Aldo doesn't I, A lot of cats don't get the fights they're promised, but that might give him more uh, incentive to watch Rousey try to win. And I mean, she's going to fail. Oh, cool. I mean, we'll get into the breakdown of that. Yeah. And give you that when the time comes, but... Uh, Unless she moves camps and gets rid of her trainer, she ain't. I even want to feed that moneymaker to Cyborg to get her pretty little face crushed in. I don't even want to feed her to Amanda Nunes, man. I, I really don't. don't. You know. I don't. I don't see what she brings to the table that is going to be able to stop Amanda. Her striking is not good enough, and yeah, she's a great judoku. But I mean, fuck, she a Nunes is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, uh, a great striker. Right. What happens? A great ground and pound striker. What, what happens when Ronda fights great strikers? Nothing she gets good. her face caved in. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, Ryan. We kind of took that one away from no, you. No, I'm enjoying <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> no, um, yeah, pretty much everything I said, it's, it's 100% right. Um, I feel that uh, I feel that the cyborg fight, I think, where I, I, I think that, that ship has sailed long ago now. Uh well, It'll sell. People will watch it, but I think uh, I think what they should they, they should be more focused on like just trying to get this like the one thirty five is keep bulking it up, bulking it up. If if Ronda Rousey gets does get the title, why do you give her someone that's not going to be one thirty five? It's gonna, I, it's not going to be a title fight. Thank you. That was exactly the point I was just going to make. Thank you very yeah, much. They, they, if anything, they should be focusing on getting these the these, the one thirty five division. Like as high up as they can, because you're looking at a point right now where the 115 division is better than the 135 division, which sounds almost preposterous to say when with the 135 I think has been going on for two, two and a half years more, if not longer than the 115. Yeah, and there's more depth to that weight class. I think I think we're close, think pushing that, closer to three. I think you're wasting. Sorry, uh, I was just saying. Uh... I was just agreeing with your point about how long the the thirty five division was around. I, I think we're even pushing closer to three or four years now. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It just, it just to me makes no sense to say that she wins the belt. She's not going to be defending it. It's going to be a catchweight belt against Cyborg because of her. You, you, you already don't really have a champion at one forty five. You might not have a champion at one fifty five, and now you're not going to have a champion at one thirty five for the women. Right. You're just constantly building up all these super fights while all these contenders are sitting there not getting a, a title shot because they, they – I, I agree. Go for the money. Go for the – like do what you got to do to sell these fights. But at the same time, you have a lot of great contenders who are going to be starting to get wasted. And you might see people starting to say, you know what? I'm not getting my title shot. Why am I waiting around here when I can go to a, a belt tour and get paid? Well, I mean, Julia Pena is pissed. Penny is pissed. Yeah. She's threatening to walk away. If you guys take a look at yeah. our page, I posted the article um, that Jeff was just referring to that Juliana Penny is absolutely livid about this and is ready to walk. Yep. I posted that on her page. You guys can go check that out, but he's absolutely right. You know what? And she she's got an She has a legitimate yeah. gripe. She has an argument. Penny has been, as much as I can't stand the woman, she has been fighting in the organization and winning yeah. and climbing the ranks, and you're just going to powder Rhonda's ass of and course. let her sit for a year. Let make her fight somebody. Let me earn it. 
Make her earn it. And what, what do they do if Ronda Rousey maybe ekes out, say, a decision win against, against uh, Amanda Nunes? Doesn't look the greatest, but anyway, well, now you got to feed her a cyborg, and, you know, cyber just. Crushes her? Just steamrolls her. Oh, You're going to be looking her face. at home destroying her. Cyborg She's destroys done. her. And, and if he win possibly for the belt, what well, like all of a sudden there's almost no point in keeping her around at this point. There's nothing. Within but, two years, within two years, Ronda Rousey will be in the WWE. Within two years. I don't even think it goes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, but yeah, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. She's not in this sport. If she beats Nunes, she gets crushed in less than a minute by Cyborg. I just don't see any other way at the ending. She can go make a lot of money in the WWE. And acting. I mean, in fake, do like Brock does, and she can do the same thing because she's got a name, and that's all you need to make it in that business. Oh, they would give her the Brock schedule. They would give her four fights a year, and she would make five five. bucks. Maybe five because she doesn't have the pull in the organization like Brock does. She did huge when she did that little uh, three-minute spot at WrestleMania. People went it was, it was. They put her next to The Rock, arguably the second biggest guy that they've ever had next to Austin. They put her next to him, and with Stephanie, and, they, and Twitter was exploding. I mean, this was nuts. The crowd went nuts. I mean, this was, she is within two years in the WWE. Shayna Baszler, one of her four horsewomen, uh, training partners, whatever. Yeah, she's in the she's ring of honor in, now, she? uh, Close. It's, it's, um, it's an independent that's close to ring of honor, okay. not quite the, at the level yet. And she won their women's belt, and she's doing great things in wrestling. Okay. And Ronda was, and Justin Duke, and everyone was there. Yeah, yeah, that you know. Okay, uh, yeah, I Ronda remember. Loves pro wrestling. Yep. Why yeah. wouldn't she? Well, the night, the night that she wasn't at two hundred, she was at a yeah. pro wrestling yeah. event. I see her. I see her in the WWE within two years. Absolutely, tops. One hundred percent. Maybe less, but I'll give it that time frame just to be safe. Yeah. No, you're you're one hundred percent accurate. One hundred percent accurate. Uh, two more quick news stories. Uh, breaking just this afternoon before I got over here to record. Yeah, literally an hour before you got yep, here. Yeah, you you actually broke this news to me. So, uh, Dave Scholler, for those of you who don't know who Dave Scholler is, uh, famously, you will always you'll be known as the guy that tried to get in between John Jones and Rump, or in uh, DC <laughs> and ended up uh, on the floor. <laughs> That was kind of Dave Scholler's uh, breaking moment because that was the first press conference that Dana wasn't at. And since then, Scholler has had a much more uh, public face <clears throat> position in the company, hosting a lot of the post-fight pressers and uh, pre-fight uh, presser events and stuff that Dana is too busy to be at now. Uh, announced today that Dave will be stepping down and leaving the company after spending the last six years to take a position with the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers. His last event will be UFC 205 in New York. Said it's time to go home to the organization I grew up rooting for, Shola wrote on Twitter. We'll miss fight. We'll miss the fight game very, very much, but excited for a new challenge. <clears throat> he, Shola joins Zufa as a public relations executive and for the now-defunct World Extreme Cage Fighting promotion. He moved to the UFC following the merger of the two organizations in 2010. And like we said, has spent the last six years with the company. In recent years, he has pre, uh, presided over numerous press conferences with Dana becoming less of a visible figure. He famously attempted, as I said, to intervene in the pre-fight press conference between Jones and Cormier back in 2000. 
and 14. Uh, numerous changes have come with the UFC, the heels of promotion, with the William Morris endeavor, and uh, now Scholler's leaving. The sale had nothing to do with the decision, allegedly, according to Dave, but uh, I don't know. Between oh. Dave, between Dave Balin, uh, Joe Silva leaving, yeah. things are... If, if it had nothing to do with the sale, this is extremely coincidental that yeah. it's happening at this time. It seemed like Scholler was pretty happy in that position that he had in the UFC. Um, and a 76th spot is probably going to be a lot of fun for him, and... You know, it's a, it's a great spot, and he's still going to make a lot of money there. But um, I don't know how, how – I mean, Schuller did do a lot of the post stuff. And he did a lot of, of press and, you know, got tossed on his ass trying to jump, <laughs> trying to jump between two bulls. Uh, doesn't, isn't he the one that was, – was it Schuller or Anik that lost the bet to – Anik. Okay, it was Anik. The, okay. the tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Was yeah that was Anik. Okay. So I'm just gonna throw a lame joke and just say it's kind of funny that Shoulder's big moment was an embarrassment to him when he was thrown to the ground, and now he's going to be going to an organization that's an embarrassment and is constantly on the ground. Yeah, um, I mean, kudos <laughs> to Shoulder for actually jumping up there and trying to step in between those two yeah. monsters. Yeah, because I ain't getting it. You know, if they would have started, everyone else down ran away. <laughs> You know, they started throwing down in front of me, and I'm in charge of that. I'm taking a few steps back. I'm not jumping in between those two. You don't pay me enough to get accidentally punched in the face by John Jones or accidentally, you know, tossed or kicked or whatever by Daniel Cormier. I'm not jumping in there. Screw that. Nope. You know, and he did it. And, you know, maybe he did get thrown on his ass, but, you know, that's balls. Yeah. He only did it because he saw, you know, Dana White jumps in between, like, the... Demetrius Johnson, Henry Cejudo, you know, and so he thinks, oh, he just got to jump in front. That's not that hard. Not realizing that, you know, Dana White's going up against these little small guys. When the big guys start getting up there, there's like four guys holding everyone back. You know, Dana's not a small cat in and of himself. He's a pretty big guy. You know, so he jumps in between a couple 25ers. Okay, that's a big difference of jumping into a couple 205ers yeah. and potentially yeah, the exactly. baddest yeah. dude on the planet. Yeah, so... Yeah, it, it's going to be a big... That's big shoes for the UFC to fill with the the loss of shoulder, shoulder and we'll see how it shakes out. Um, one last news story before we... Uh, yeah, we don't really need yeah. One last news story before we get into uh, our final topic of the evening. Um, it was handed down the other day at one of the infamous Nevada Athletic Commission meetings... That Conor McGregor will be receiving a hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine and sentenced to fifty hours of community service for his part in the bottle throwing incident at UFC two hundred two pre fight press conference. Uh, the five the penalty five percent of McGregor's three million dollar purse for his fight against Nick Diaz is expected to be distributed evenly towards the state's general fund and public service announcement campaign that centers on anti bullying. Regardless of the cause, the uh, the sanction didn't sit very well with McGregor. And uh, according to Dana, while on the herd yesterday discussing Ronda Rousey, he said that uh, Connor said, I don't ever want to fight in Nevada again. Ever. Uh, now, how does that make sense for the state of Nevada? Dana said, you're going to try to find this kid and Nate Diaz that much money. 
It just makes people not want to come and fight in our state, and that's not a good thing. Yeah, um, Nevada needs Connor more than Connor needs Nevada. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, 100%. That's, that's a ridiculous amount uh, of fine to uh, put on someone for throwing some bottles in response to bottle throwing at him. Nate Diaz hasn't had his uh, Nevada, um, he hasn't had his meet yet with them to find out what he's getting fined. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Uh, I expect it to be 5% as well. And I expect Nate's going to have some colorful language and, you know, have a promo like only Nate Diaz can. Um, so that's, that's, I think it's an ungodly amount. If they would have cut that down to, say, a $50,000 fine, uh, Connor would have walked away and said, ah, 50000 gives a fuck. You know, it doesn't matter. But one hundred and fifty grand for no damage done. I mean, a couple people get hit with a water bottle. Big deal. Give me each 25 grand and tell them to shut up. So yeah, exactly. it's, it's, a, it's it's an unheard of fine, and it's not it's it's not a, more, a smart decision. It was dumb. And, and Absolutely dumb, Ryan. Well, yeah, uh, you know I, I understand the whole fine is a percentage of the purse. I get that, uh, but that really does need to change. When you think about uh, Connor getting fined a uh, hundred and fifty thousand dollars for throwing water bottles. Meanwhile, the one the incident we just talked about between uh, uh, Cormier and, and Jones, Cormier got fined nine thousand dollars for you know, but I think the, you know, threw a shoe at a woman, hit some people, they flew off the stage. You're gonna try and tell me that throwing a water bottle is uh, is a hundred and forty one thousand dollars offense more than that? Yeah, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. It, the uh, the NSCC has way way too much power. Um, they think you know Connor says you know if he doesn't want to pay the fine or do the community service, he doesn't have to. He doesn't get to fight in Vegas, and Vegas just kind of figures that well, all state athletic commissions, even though they're all independent, they all kind of work as a brotherhood. You think that if Madison Square Garden says or New York says you know we can get Connor here for you know UFC two. 12, something random. and But, oh, he hasn't paid us fine yet, so now nah, we're not going to take that. There's no way. They, they, they completely shot themselves in the foot with this. Yep. And then to come out and say that part of his community service, part of the 50 hours, needs to be uh, spent filming a commercial for anti-bullying. So they're bullying him into doing an anti-bullying commercial. It's a great point. Like, it's like the hypocrisy uh, that, that the NSAC does every single time they levy out these punishments. It, it's it's amazing. That's a that's a really great point, Ryan. It's a really great point. You're going to bully a guy into doing a campaign for <laughs> anti-bullying. Oh, it's hypocrisy run amok. Yeah, you took well, his lunch money. I think that if you know when the numbers from two uh, two hundred five. I've come out and they see what Connor drew. How fast do you think that they have people in Nevada saying, hey, you know, hey, maybe we could just pull the money and pay his fine for him and maybe we'll just shave 49 hours off of that community service thing, you know, because when they when they see what Connor can do all around the world, they're going to realize that yeah, he actually doesn't need us, like, you know, just like, uh, like Dave said. Connor's tweet I found absolutely perfect for... Uh, for Conor McGregor, he said, I get fined more than these bums get, get paid. paid. 
Oh, that was that so was great. Pure Connor. You, oh, I ha- actually have the uh, a, a transcript, a transcript excerpt from the script for Connor's uh, potential anti-bullying uh, campaign, and it just says, "Who the fuck bullies?" That's it. That's all I say. Really? Well. No, I just. Don't know. <laughs> Who the fuck bullies? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's all he's going to say. Perfect. Oh, that's all he's going to say. What else do you need Well, think about it. They want to do an anti-bullying campaign. Have they seen one minute of anything he does? All of his promos are just pure bullying. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to look at that and they're like, well, he doesn't mean anything he's saying because I just watched him call out Jeremy Stevens. Who the fuck is that guy? (laughs) We've seen him, you know, uh, attack Jose Aldo verbally for the better part of a year. We see we see go after uh, the Diaz brothers and all of Stockton repeatedly. And then you say it's not nice to bully. No, I'm, not, I'm not buying that. Country of Brazil. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, he's he's made more money. He's made more money teaching people how to bully than how not to bully. Yeah. So yeah, this the whole thing is like I said, it's just absolutely ridiculous. The the. I don't know how Vegas became the fight capital of the world when New York held that title for so long. Now that MMA is, is legal in New York, I think there's going to be a shift in power. Definitely. I hope so. It'll be interesting to watch. So that's going to do it for news. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show by bringing back an old favorite of ours, the discussion topic. Uh, we've You're going to talk about, uh, about uh, Dana White's comments on, uh, on Greg Hardy? No. no, we we were gonna. You, I, my goal was to not even talk about Greg Hardy at all, and you brought him up twice. I'm gonna edit this out. Uh, I was just gonna say because Dana White actually says that he would be interested in putting him in the octagon. General, I did actually didn't see that comment. The only reason I even shared the Greg Hardy story on our page was to simply point out that he's going to end up in Bella shit, and <laughs> how much more of a joke that makes that organization yeah. to me. After, after and I and I need to go sit back and rewatch the entire card from last Friday night, but I have the utmost respect now for the World Series of Fighting, seeing the fights that they're putting on in comparison to what the one hundred percent, one hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah, agreed. Every guy worth his weight in anything in Bellator needs to get out of that contract and get the fuck away yeah. from that organization. Chandler and MVP, those Chandler, guys. MVP, Liam McGarry, Liam, yeah. Pitbull. All of you. Tito Ortiz, Ken Shamrock. Nope, they can stay. Nope, they can stay. I'm joking down here. <laughs> they can stay. Sonnen, he can stay there too. All of them. Um, so we, we've been trying to actually work in this discussion piece for a couple of weeks now. Uh, we're going to give and list off our top five uh, walkout themes um, and little reasonings why we picked them. Uh Think we'll go around you just do the round robin start at number five and, and go back. Uh Ryan, I'll let you kick things off. Hit us yeah, with your number um, five, sir. So we're just gonna go just uh sorry, so we're, we're going you, five to one or we going nope. five five five. We'll go five four. five. We'll each we'll each go each round and, and give our give our okay. uh, our picks. Yeah, so my my uh, my fifth one, uh Anderson Silva coming out to Ain't No Sunshine by okay. DMX. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily the greatest song, but for me it was like when he was dominating people and he was at the height of his game, every time you heard that song, 
you just kind of felt like, what's going to happen this time? Is he going to put himself against the cage and just dodge and weave away from Bonner's punches? Is he going to do the unheard of face kick to Vitor Belfort? Is he going to run backwards and knock out Forrest Griffin? Like, there was always something you didn't know what you were going to see, but to me, once that music hit, it felt like there was something magical about to happen. And that's a great song. I picked that. It's one of mine. Uh, just so you guys one know. Of your yeah, one, one of your 50. One of his 25. Yeah. Now, I didn't do mine in any specific order because I knew once we started going through this, you guys are going to pick up ones that I did, so I'm just going to have to kind of do it on the fly. But right. DMX song, Ain't No Sunshine, is actually a an offshoot of a 1971 Bill Withers song of Ain't No Sunshine, which is yep. an iconic song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. An amazing, amazing piece of music. And DMX took that and used the... the the hook for it and created something new and it was another amazing song. Mm-hmm. He mixed it a great job and um, I, I attribute that one too great to Anderson Silva and the crowd response and everything. It was a phenomenal song. Phenomenal pick. Awesome. Great pick, Ryan. Dave? Um, for my number five, I'm going to go with uh, anything from Filthy Tom Lawler. You son of a bitch! Oh, yeah. You son of a bitch! That was his number one. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right because I got one specific that'll just bomb it. You uh, son of a bitch! Anything from Phil Thomas, specifically the Hulk Hogan theme. Good. When he came out, nope. to, oh, you can have yeah. that one because mine's better. Okay, good. Um, so I'm gonna say specifically Tom Waller's walk out to Hulk Hogan's <laughs> "I Am a Real American," and he came out and he did the Hulk Hogan. And he ripped the shirts, and I went crazy for that. This might have stood at number one to number five. Son of a bitch! I can't believe it! Should have went from top to bottom. God damn it. Alright, well, my number five, uh, my my thought process was just like uh, a couple of them I picked because of the song and the fighter being iconic together, and when I hear the song, it makes me think of the fighter. My number five I picked... Because I think it best represents the fighter and everything that they are about. And that's uh, California Love for Mr. California Kid, Uriah Faber. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, this, was, this was bound to happen. That's, this is why I picked 25. Yeah, no, I, I can't believe that fucking Tom Lawler, you son of a bitch. Dude, Tom Lawler's a man. I know, <laughs> but you fuckers. God damn it. How could you not pick Tom? So... So yeah, I, I think I, for my number five, I, like I said, for all those reasons, it's just he is California. Yeah, and Drain Park together. Yep. You hear that song, you know who's coming. You yeah. know, you know what it is. You know it's California Kid time. Big song, great song. Yep. So that's my number five. Uh, we'll go back and order Dave number four. Uh, I'm gonna go with Rashad Evans. Mob Deep Survival of the Fittest. All right. I love wow. Mob Deep. Nice. Wow. The Mob Deep's New York boys, they were one of the, the best to come out of New York. Absolutely love their, uh, everything that they do. And for Rashad to pick Survival of the Fittest was one of their, probably their best songs. Um, and it fits him perfectly. Uh, and um, I couldn't think of a better walkout song for Rashad Evans than... You guys are going to find in my top five, there's going to be a pattern here because I love 90s gangster yep. rap. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Mob Deep, Swallow the Fittest, Rashad Evans, my number Ryan? Um, yeah, so you're number five. Uh, California Love for your eye favor. Uh, I'm big on uh, like the West Coast rap. It was 
because I, I grew up listening to a lot of it. Uh, and I really uh, got into MMA watching uh, Uri Faber in WEC. So for me, like the, the like you said, those two go hand in hand, the fighter with the song, the song with the fighter. And for me, there is the, a little bit of history to me that it all connects and came full circle. Right. That's... I, I figured that one was going to show up on at least one other person's list uh, with me. Uh, my number four, I picked... Uh, my four and three are going to be ones that the song is is iconic on its own, but if you are an MMA fan and you hear one of these two songs and you don't automatically think of these two fighters, you are definitely not an MMA fan. My number four is Mr. Vandalay Silva and Sandstorm. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I just, that's that's Vandalay. I hear Sandstorm and I automatically think of, of Vandalay making yeah, the walk. Yeah. Um, Ryan, number three? Number three, for me, uh, not a fan of the fighter, uh, but Koscheck, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, cover of Higher Ground. Okay. Uh, I'm, uh, I love the Chili Peppers, and that song, really, like the, the, just the opening uh, bass and the guitar going at it, and just the energy that you get from it. You like cost check. Um, if he never really looked comfortable in a lot of his fights, but I feel like that song probably helped pump him up. And for me, every time I heard it, it kind of got me excited that we're, we're going to see something fun happen. Good pick. I mean, the, the Chili Peppers could show up for a couple of fighters because you got uh, Dillashaw, who comes out to Can't Stop. Right, right. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I completely forgot about cost check and higher ground. Um, I want to say there was some, somebody else I've yeah, heard come out yeah, and give it away. A, I think there's a couple other guys that use it too, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the Chili Peppers definitely are, and Anthony's a, a, a part owner now. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I know that he's a big fan, but I was going to ask you if he's an owner yet. He is. He is being represented by the William Morris Agency. They had a buy-in option, so. There's a lot of celebrities. There's a lot of celebrities now Conan there. O'Brien, The Rock. I mean, there's the Does this mean we have a chance to see Conan O'Brien fight Anthony Kiedis? Ben, ben Affleck, I believe, is an owner now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot Damon. of people uh, represented by WME. Yeah. Uh, Dave? Um, let's see, number three, uh, Nate Diaz. Tupac's Ambitions of a Writer. Okay. Wow. Um, nice. I love Pac, and, you know, I, I grew up more on, on East Coast flavor, but when you go to the West, you got a lot of that really smooth sounding stuff from Tupac and, and E-40 and those guys. Yep. Short over there. Great stuff. And Nate Diaz picked one of my favorite Tupac songs, The Ambitions of a Writer. Uh, the number, the top first song on um, uh, All Eyes on Me. Love the song, love the music, yeah. and uh, fits him perfectly because those two hundred nine boys are fucking riders, rider die, absolutely. you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that fit absolutely perfect for the fighter, and I love the music itself. That's that's a great pick, and a great pick that I I really didn't mm-hmm. even even put into my own head. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, Tupac. Well, not all of us had twenty five songs. This is true. <laughs> this is true. For my number three pick, um, if if you can hear this intro and not automatically oh, think yeah. 
about somebody is going to be getting their heads kicked off. My number three, I present you Duran Duran's Wild Boys and Mr. Mirko Krokop. I mean, who would think to use this song to come out to, man? I was about to say, if you're walking out to Duran Duran, you are either going to be looking up at the lights or you're going to be making someone looking up at the lights. I got pissed because somebody came out to it Saturday. I can't remember who it was. In the undercard, I think it might have been Sean Stasiak, maybe. It was a Polish fighter, I know that. But somebody came out to Wild Boys, and I was just going through my list of shit just before I started watching it on Sunday or whatever it was when I watched the the, uh, prelims catching up, and I was like, who the fuck is this guy using Wild Boys? But yeah, like I said, my, my four and five, or four and three are definitely songs that really don't tie into fighting so much, but if you're a fight fan, my, my boss listens to 80s radio and New Wave all the time, and I hear Wild Boys damn near once a freaking day. If not once every other day. You start looking around, looking to see who's yeah. getting head kicked. Every time I hear that drum start and somebody says Wild Boys, I'm like, well, someone's getting kicked in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my number three, the iconic Wild Boys and that death stare of Mirko Krokop, man. Whew. Ryan, <clears throat> number two? Oh, I'm sorry, number Dave. Two, Dave. Uh, Dave. Sorry. Sorry. sorry, man. Dave, number two? Uh, I am going to pick... Chuck Liddell, Slayer, Raining Blood. Ooh. Now, Chuck Liddell switched uh, over nice. to, to Raining Blood after he had a few losses before. Yeah. And he came out and he said, we need to have a new Chuck Liddell. We had to have some new music. Because he came out to some hip-hop music before. I don't remember exactly what it was. But he switched over to Raining Blood. And he came out and he absolutely destroyed everyone. Went on like a five-win streak from it. Uh, and Slayer, you know, goes way other end of what my music yeah, yeah. Like usually is. For sure. But I felt like Raining Blood was... Perfect for a guy who wants to make everybody rain blood with his stripes, you know. So, Chocolate Doll, Slayer, Rain Blood, you know, heavy music for a heavy handed cat. Awesome. That's a great pick, dude. Really great pick. Ryan, number two. Number two. Um, To me, it's a perfect song. It's a song that the artist wrote about his grandfather. uh, Who was in the army. Who was his grandfather? Could have been his father. Um... And a current army, or uh, current war hero in the UFC, Tim Kennedy uses it. Uh, Allison <laughs> Chains Rooster. Dave's best. I just because I didn't think of to put that one on my list. And I, that, I love song that song is, I mean, it's just so, I mean, if you listen to the 90s grunge at all, that song is probably one of the top three songs and it's just so raw, so pure, and there's only really one fighter that can argue using it, and it's Tim Kennedy. And yeah, that's ah. that's a great song for the the perfect fighter to have that song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The only other person in the UFC that could have gotten away with it maybe Brian Stan. Okay. Oh right, yes. Yeah, sure. I, I, I could I would have been perfectly okay with yeah. Brian Stan for the same for same reasons as Tim Kennedy. Right. Yeah. My number two really should come as no surprise to anyone uh, because I've discussed it on the show many times, and it is also my tie to this fighter, and that is Thug Rose Namajunas 
walking out to the epic Run the Jewels jam Get It, which is my one of my favorite hip-hop duos. Uh, they, they've become one of my favorite hip-hop duos, period, but over the last four or five years, uh, the, the duo of, of Killa Mike from Atlanta, known for his work with Outkast, and LP, who is an iconic producer from the West Coast of underground hip-hop forever and a, and a phenomenal rapper, teamed up together, put out these two albums of Run the Jewels 1 and 2 and about to drop three. Get It happens to be my favorite Run the Jewels track, period. So when Thug came out to fight against Paige and she came out to that, I uh, started tweeting her. And then the, the last fight she had where she lost, or no, I'm sorry, it was, it was the fight before that. She started following me based off of that tweet, and so that's that's my pick, man. I have my number two, Thug Rose, awesome. run the jewels, man. Uh, Ryan, number one. Uh, number before one. before you give your number one, because I know yeah. you you both had huge lists. Do you have any honorable mentions that you would like to throw out before you do your number one? Sure, yeah. Um, Yoshihiro Akiyama, the uh, Pavarotti. <laughs> Sexyama. Sexyama. Holy shit. They, again, you know, like, uh, like I said about Tim Kennedy with Allison Chains, there's something about he's probably the only guy that can actually, like, he went, when you hear the, an opera singer and he see Akiyama, it's like, I don't know, there's something about it that just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one that I had would uh, um, Rampage Jackson. Uh, I think he only used it once, but when he came out to the Pride theme song, like, <laughs> Pride, the Pride theme was just so so great. And I know, I know, I know a lot of Pride fighters had used it uh, occasionally in UFC, but the one I most remember was the uh, I think it was actually the fight uh, when he fought uh, Machida in Detroit. I think he used it then. And just when I heard the, you know, you hear those jump screen, it's like, oh shit, here we go. That was perfect for him to come out to that. Yeah, we were talking, we were talking about this one. I think it's probably the only one or two that we discussed before we went on the air, me and Jeff. And I said I, I put uh, Rampage on there for the one time he used the Pride theme song because we have so much love for Pride, and I felt right. like Rashad earned the right to use that. Absolutely. Yeah. Ryan, you have any other uh, any other honorable mentions before I work? I'm going to go around everybody else. Let them knock the honorable mentions out, and then we'll do the number ones. Do you got any yeah, other ones? Uh, no, those are those are my two big ones. Everything else is really okay. Nothing big. All right, I'll be right back to you for your number one, Dave. I want to give a few um, honorable mentions. How many? Like, tw- um, like twenty-three? <laughs> no, I only picked a few. <laughs> Five out of the twenty-five <laughs> for honorable mention. Uh, Forrest Griffin, Dropkick Murphys. I'm uh, shipping oh, out to Boston. Yeah. You know, great song. Great song. Um, Conor McGregor with the uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yep. And Sinead O'Connor remix, Foggy Dew and Hypnotize. Yep. yep. Great, love that great pick. Um, um, when Randy Couture came out to Jimi Hendrix's version of the Star Spangled Banner on the guitar. Oh, the only oh ones, but yeah. It was nice. Phenomenal. Oh. It was absolutely amazing. And only because I absolutely uh, love the song. He only fought once in the UFC, and he lost, and it was recently, but CM Punk came out to Cult of Personalities uh, by Living Color. Yeah. Uh, but I absolutely love the song so very much, um, and he's used it, I mean, it's got a lot of history with me, he's used it only back to Ring of Honor. Right. So, it's the only reason why I picked that no, song. No, that's a great pick, because... Um, yes. It's a great tune. Same reasons why yeah, California is. Love 
And Uriah Faber, like you wow. hear Cult of Personality, it is CM Punk. Absolutely. Great pick. Um, you actually have three of my four other songs, that, or three of your four were, were ones that I actually had written down too, so. Forrest Griffin was the name. I wanted to get that Dropkick Murphy song out there. It's so perfect for him, and it's such an awesome yeah. song. Great. Yeah, oh, absolutely, man. Um, my, I have three honorable mentions. The first one really isn't a walkout song as much as it's just a part of the UFC, but uh, Bob O'Reilly by The Who. Oh, yeah. Uh, for my favorite part of any uh, final of the, the prelims where we like to call with the guys that I uh, watch the show the fights with is uh, just Dana and Joe yelling at each other over <laughs> The Who. Yeah. It's a, you know, as soon as the last fight gets done, somebody won't be in the room. Somebody will hear somebody else. Time for Dana and Joe to yell at each other. And everybody just comes back in the room and we just fucking laugh. Because that's all they do. They just scream at each other because they can't hear each other. So, Bob O'Reilly by The Who. Um, my other one is um, was originally Tito's walkout music and now has just become part of the UFC lexicon that's Face the Pain. Yeah. What an iconic song. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a shit song, but it's iconic but in the world of the UFC. He likes UFC. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was the, it was the Ultimate Fighter theme song for a while, and and, and everything like that. So, uh, face the pain. And my other honorable mention, which actually at one point was my number one, uh, and then didn't even make the list. No, 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 no. no I, I took it off the list. Period. But my at one point was my number one, and that's uh, um, won't back down by Tom Petty with Chris Weidman. When he came out to fight Anderson the first time, and that song hit, I got chills. Yeah, I had. Rick, I mean, yeah. I'm getting them now. My hair, my yeah, hair is standing the, up on end. The flag, the, the flag, the look in his eye, everything, oh. everything about that was that moment was perfect. And, and like I said, I'm getting chills now just thinking about it. So, um, the, those are my honorable mentions, Mr. Dempsey. Your number one pick, please. Uh, so mine, um, George St. Pierre used a lot of French rap, not just, uh, from Montreal, Quebec, but also from France. Um, the night that he actually lost to Matt Sarah, uh, he came out to a song by an artist, uh, called, uh, Shuriken, and the song is called, uh, Samurai, and it's uh, just the perfect... Uh, it's perfect melody, good, if you understand France, uh, French, it's good lyrics, it was really, it seemed to set the calm for the storm, and, you know, I put it on now all the time, and I just picture George St. Pierre coming out, and just, you, like I said with Anderson, so with the, the, the magic, like when George St. Pierre was coming up, and he had just won the belt, there was, this seemed to be like, what can't, what can't he do? And that song, every time I hear it, I just keep on picturing uh, George and Beer coming out to it, and it stuck with me for for many, many, many years. Excellent. Good pick. Definitely. Good pick. Number one. Uh, yes, sir. Number one. Number one for me comes from my favorite artist in the genre and my favorite song by that artist in the genre. And not only that, it fits the fire perfectly. Frankie Edgar, Notorious B.I.G., Kick in the Door. Love oh, that nice. song, you know, and I, I love Notorious B.I.G. and I absolutely love that song by him, and I loved it before Frankie even used it. And the first time I heard Frankie came out to it, I popped. That was it. I loved it, and that's by far my number one amongst all the other twenty-four that I listed. That would rank <laughs> leaps and bounds number one. 
Great pick. Uh, both the gentlemen have great lists. My number one, even though Dave stole some of my thunder, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get mad specific on it. Mm-hmm. While I enjoy all of Tom Lawler's entrances, let me take you back just a few short months. UFC 196. First Conor McGregor Nick Diaz fight or Nate Diaz fight. I'm sorry. And Mr. Lawler chooses Madonna's Like a Prayer in tribute, in tribute to the great British wrestler oh, Grado. And the entire British and Irish crowd joins in, singing at the top of their lungs. That was so awesome. Fucking Tom Lawler, man. Anything filthy does is... Brilliant. And I had to and I had to break I had to explain it to you because you didn't know who and you was before you were on the show, right? Because you didn't really know about Grado. No, no. So I got to break it down on the show yeah. because I've been an insider listening to the FRB and Lawler show when they used to have it, and always some guys talking about Grado. When when that music hit, I popped. I was like, you <laughs> fucking went for the Grado entrance. <laughs> I lost amazing. it. I lost it. And I was trying so hard, I was so pissed. Because I couldn't find... I went to YouTube to try to find it, and of course they didn't have it. And Fight Pass, they don't pay for the rights, so when they show the entrances after the pay-per-view, you get shit. The only thing I could find was a cell phone video of four British British gentlemen drunk as shit selfieing themselves, singing along... When the song hits into the the best part, and it just... You could hear the crowd singing, and, and that is my number one, Tom Lawler... Tribute to Grado, oh, like a go. fucking prayer. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Jeff. I have because I I ordered 196 and I recorded it. Uh, after we're done here, I will go. I will find that fight and I will enjoy that for you. Thank you. Please do because I'll, that's all I wanted today was just to see Lawler come out to come up with prayer. <laughs> Honestly, we could do a, a show on just Filthy's walkouts. Yeah, because he comes up with the coolest shit. Oh yeah, and it's, it's his, funny. It's awesome. His weigh-in stuff's yeah. always great, yeah. and his walkouts are always great. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys like you know like. We saw like with with the list, there are guys that use the same song over and over and over again, and then there's songs where a guy just does it as a one off. But yeah, Tom Lawler, for a guy that just always switches it up, it's never a bad decision. He's like he like he just makes everything about him work. Like he's the ultimate character in the UFC. He brings a and he's a huge wrestling fan. I mean, he brings a lot of that over too. And when he did when he did the Hogan deal. I lost my fucking mind. I never thought we'd ever see I Am a Real American in the fucking UFC ever. And he came Rick out. Rick Derringer. And he ripped the shirt and he did the hand and he did the whole deal and I lost it. You know, Filthy does everything just so, it's so much fun. I mean, it's bottom line, the, the one word to describe him is fun. And he brings yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, 100%. Into, you know, where a lot of people are, are really serious about this. And, well, they should be. It's a serious sport. He brings a lot of fun. Tom is an entertaining person. Very much so. I love everything that he does. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was a fun topic, and I'm glad that I got the reaction out of you two that I was looking for when I dropped <laughs> like, like a, a prayer. prayer. Oh, I I, you probably could have let us guess for like, uh, an hour and a half, and I don't think we would have come up with that. I song. told you. I told you none of you guys, none of you guys would, would, would I had a bombshell. And the fact that it took... Like I said, it was Rose. Rose at one point for sure was going to be my number one. This was number two. I had Weidman in there in a minute at some point too, 
And then it was just like, no, no, no. Like a prayer. Tom Lawler. It was my favorite. Absolute favorite. That was brilliant. You know, I I find, aside from the ones that are just like, for the moment when it comes down to the artists that you like and you listen to, it's kind of fun to see that like we all actually do listen to very similar taste of music. It's a huge, I have a huge range that I love. And, um, I mean, you could tell I went from the Praise Be Unto You to the Dropkick Murphys. I mean, you could see that there's a there's a huge range. Oh, absolutely. You know, if it's a good song, it's a good song. Yep. It doesn't matter what the fuck genre yeah. is. You know, good music will always be good music. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this we could have all easily had 25. I more yeah, we, we could have all had 25 like Dave. It's, it's just, it, I mean. But two of us decided to follow the rules. Yeah. The one, the one time Dave doesn't follow the rules. Sorry for breaking. How, how long do you think it is before right. uh, Lawler walks out to uh, to Justin Bieber? Oh Jesus God! Um, <laughs> if, if it's the right setup, he'll do it. You know, if it's maybe, the right reason, if he, if he makes the Toronto card, maybe he'll do it. I don't think he really cares as long as it makes people laugh. You know, gets people <laughs> thinking about shit. Yeah, true, true. That's fun. Yeah, I always enjoy the discussion topics. We don't get to do them enough because of how many just card after card after card that goes on every week. And so, you know, it's kind of nice that the card in the Philippines got canceled because their dictator is a moron and fashioned himself after Adolf Hitler. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to throw things like this in for us. Um, going back to the, the start, this was what we did when we had the three of us before to fill cards, we've had discussions about the best ultimate fighters, the greatest of all time in each weight division, best knockouts, best submissions. So it's, it's, it's fun when we get to do this and we don't get to do them enough. I feel like I'm just going to have to like take a week when there's nothing much going on. And I'm just going to have to just give all my lists now just to catch up with you guys. Post them. Post them. Post them, post them, them, post them to the site, post them, send them in the group, whatever you have. a lot more music I could post, too. Right. You can see that now that we're over with. Oh, yeah. I I was reading it anyway. I I can read upside down pretty well. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's some obscure stuff on there, you know, there's like uh, Juliana Payne. Dan Henderson's Red Rider, Lunatic Fringe, that's, as a wrestler, that's, that's a big song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Miller's Aerosmith's Sweet Emotion works for him, uh, Glenn Pena has Crazy Train, just an iconic song. Brock came out to Enter Sandman, another iconic song that worked perfect for him. I mean, Rhonda and Bad Reputation. Not, I don't really like the song, but I think it fits her perfectly. Definitely does. You know? I mean, it um, definitely does. Misha Tate with the, 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 the Katy Perry song. Oh, and, and uh, <laughs> I don't see <laughs> that one for me. I. I don't think it's the best walkout song for her. You come out smiling and, and singing along yeah. and all bubbly, and then you get the shit beaten out of you. Yeah. The only time it worked was uh, was when she fought home. Yeah, and she wasn't all happy and bubbly when she fought home. No, she was actually serious for once. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun, boys. It was, it was a good time. Uh, any final thoughts, Ryan, before we go tonight? Uh, no, just... Uh... To all the listeners, you know, just enjoy this one week with no UFC, uh, because yeah, the next couple months are going to be 
pretty insane. From the beginning of November until Christmas, we have an event every week, and then from New Year's week sometimes, on, sometimes we have two in one we night. We have two in one night, yeah, we'll get all over that. Oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, um, happy Thanksgiving uh, earlier this week, because Canadians oh, celebrate this shit in harvest time. Uh, what? How was your Thanksgiving with the family? Uh, wonderful. Uh, you know, as always, I was in a food coma for about three days afterwards. So what is? But you know, what? Um, what is sorry? the main dish? What's the main dish in Canadian Thanksgiving? Do you guys do turkey? Do you, yeah. do you do what? What? Oh yeah, like, I mean, most people go like the turkey, ham for the most part, but more often than not, you know, turkey or stuffing or potatoes. You're your uh, your root vegetables, cranberry sauce, all the good stuff. Yeah, a lot of the same stuff we do. Yeah, um, I lived yeah. Uh, when I lived in uh, New Jersey for oh, those God, few years. Oh God, Italian! I lived in it with uh, uh, Polish and Italian. Oh, Italian oh, Thanksgiving is just. Now, let me tell you something about Italian Thanksgiving. It Major antipas first. Yeah, and there was a lot of manicotti. There was a lot of ziti. There was a lot of lasagna. There was stuffed peppers. There was pepper uh, peppers and onions yeah. and uh, sausage. There was uh, there was. Oh my god, on top of turkey, turkey. and ham and potatoes, this was the most ridiculous yeah. spread that I'd ever seen for the amount of people that were actually gonna eat it. Yep. And I mean that that was that, that was those were the greatest food ever. Yeah, Italian. That's pretty much that's pretty much where I'm at because Thanksgiving's my absolute favorite holiday and as a you know, cook, it's my best time of the year because I can just you know, give feed people and down, just enjoy the a great day. You throw it down in the kitchen. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I wanted to pass that along uh, for our non-Canadian listeners uh, that didn't know. Canada celebrates Thanksgiving in October. Yeah. Ryan and our and our other Canadian listeners that have come along with Ryan, thank you guys. Happy belated Thanksgiving to yeah. you from the states. Uh, Dave, final thoughts before we get out of here. Um, now I'm excited for these next couple months. There's some tremendous fights coming up. I cannot look forward to enough to uh, 205 in Madison Square Garden. I can't stress enough how excited I am to see uh, such an amazing card in the greatest building in the world. Uh, and until that day comes, I'm going to be impatiently waiting. Absolutely. 30, 30 more sleeps, boys. 30 more <laughs> sleeps. Ryan is on the countdown. Um for me, I just, I'm going to point out and, and stress on something that we point out all the time and stress on, but for those of you guys that are listening to us on iTunes, it is very, very important and crucial, and I'm only really harping because I've listened to the Wild Guys really harp on this, but those ratings, reviews, subscriptions, all those things are really big for us to kind of help get our name out there to other people that don't listen and just are searching for MMA in in the uh, search bars of, of the podcast apps and stuff on iTunes. So if you don't even want to give a review, just give us some five-star ratings or four stars, whatever you feel fit. But anything that you guys can do to help us out is very much appreciated. We're going to be looking at Google Play I was, tonight as well. Thank you. Okay, yep, so I was actually going to point that out too. So no, thank you. Thank you for reminding me in case I forgot. But yeah, Google Play is coming as well. So for you Android users um, that are having problems with whatever with podcasts um, and not listening to us through SoundCloud or through iTunes, we will be coming for you in Google Play as well. Uh, 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 hell, even if you want, give us a one-star review so that people can say, well, how about a trainer can their show be to give us a listen? Yeah, 
Anything. Any any, any kind of review anything or starring that. rating helps to with the um Oh shit, I can't think of the freaking The algorithm. Thank you. The algorithm. Yes. It helps with the algorithms, it helps get our name out there. So please, please, please go on and in your review, you can tell me how much I suck and that you hate that I tell you every week to go on and rate and review. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Just do it. I don't give a fuck. Dude. I don't give a fuck. Well, surprise, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's yeah, my harping Um, We may be back next week. We may not. Uh, we're kind of up in the air with no event on whether we want to come in and do, do some news and a topic discussion, but... Either way, next week we'll be celebrating our one-year anniversary. Um, for myself, uh, Dave, thank you for sticking it out with me through this. Uh, this was an idea that I just I had in my head of something I wanted to do, and I couldn't have picked a better person to come to than you, man, because you know you and I. He was I, talking uh, to me there, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. That's for sure. <laughs> no, but I mean, you, 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 you and I, we built this thing together. We stuck through it as a twosome when originally we planned on it being a three-piece. Uh, we were lucky enough to to have this yutz come aboard. And Ryan, you've been a great, <laughs> you've been a great addition, honestly. And I bust your balls all the time about it. But I, I like oh, I said, I love it. I kid with you because I enjoy you. You, you, you're a friend, and and I love having you on the show. I love arguing with you, even though we call them spirited debates. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys actually had to watch and see what we go through to put a show together, I mean, we have to have a computer running a mic to record everything. We have to have a laptop up with an internet connection to phone in to Ryan to get him to talk through yep. a laptop into another mic. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. We pull it <laughs> off every week. Yeah, we're just we're just three guys that love MMA and love being able to talk about it. And if we didn't have this show, we'd still be talking about it. Because I mean. That's how Ryan and I met, for God's sakes, was arguing yep. and, and talking with each other and while show posts. And I'm like, who the hell is this Ryan Dempsey guy? Where? Why is he on everything? And, you know... The, we weren't able to get rid of him, so yeah, we might and, as well bring him on. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't, I'm like herpes. I go away for a little bit, but I just keep on repairing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, I, I'm done. I'm done. And the man just compared himself to herpes. For Jeff yeah. and herpes. Yep. For, for, Dave, for Dave, I'm Jeff Shannon. And also for herpes from Canada, Mr. Ryan <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to the Average Joe's on the May Show.